And to tell us more, I'm really delighted to be joined by the three co-founders, Naveen Sadwani and his daughters, Samina Sadwani and Bianca Sadwani. Welcome to the program. Three wise people. Welcome. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you so Thank much you for, for being us. with us. Thank you for having us here. And for our listeners, uh, you can join us on Facebook Live this morning, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. So perhaps I'll start off with you first, Naveen. Yes. Tell us about your charity. H- how did it all begin? It all begin uh, began right actually during the pandemic. That's when I found out that a lot of NGOs and people have stopped, you know, feeding the homeless in Hong Kong. So that was always my passion. So I said, okay, let's get up and let's go and check out the scene, what's happening over there. So... Then me and my daughters decided let's start cooking and going to the areas which are worse hit, like in the Shamshipo area. That's how we started. And we took meals and went there and then we saw the conditions were really, really bad. And how people came to us and said, you know, I haven't eaten for days. Please help us. We need to eat. So that's how we started. We started with 20 meals and then we went up to like 100 meals, then 200 meals. Then right now we're serving 650 people every week. With hot meals. Thank you. Thank wow, you so much. That's thank an you. amazing achievement. Thank you. thank you very much. And started during COVID as well. That's yes, a really yes. difficult period to start. It was one of the most difficult period, actually, because many people said, and actually I have a mother at home who's uh, elderly. So they w- kept on telling me that you should not go there because, you know, the homeless, they're not uh, vaccinated. So you have to be very careful. But I said, someone needs our help. And this is the right time for us to help people, you know. So that's when I just said, OK, let's put on a mask. Let's wear, take sanitizers with us and let's go. What will happen will happen. But this is the chance for us to help people. Yeah. So that's how we went and we started. Good for you. And, you. and in terms of the, the, the people that you served, yeah. who are some of these people? Were they all homeless? Did they sort of have a home but stayed in the streets? I mean, who are some of the beneficiaries? Uh, they're different kind of beneficiaries. We do have a lot of homeless people who are actually sleeping in parks under the bridge. You know, they're just sleeping, lying around on streets. Also, many of them, especially at night. But we do also serve meals to underprivileged elderly people like the cardboard grannies and the grandpas because they are working very hard and they are like an elderly, you know, like the age is almost 80, 85, some of them. So we feel that they deserve to be fed because they usually, this is the age they should sit home. And, you know, with their legs up, not sitting and it working. It blows dark my mind how many cardboard grannies and Really grandpa. heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. And in a city as rich as Hong Kong, exactly. it's almost like a, a sin yes, to see yes, yes. so many of these yes. people um, having to work at yes. such an old age. And most of them have their spines that are already damaged, but they still have to work hard because they have no family, no background. So they just have to continue working. Yeah. They work at five in the morning and they end up till next morning, five o'clock. So that's really heartbreaking, actually, you know. Yeah, and we need to move away from the narrative that, you know, all oh, these cardboard exactly. grannies ha- have a lot of money at home. Yes. You know what? If they had a lot of money at home, do you think they'd really wake up at five o'clock in the morning Who would in like the rain yeah. and in the heat? So it just... Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so tell us about your involvement. What, what did you say when your dad sort of came to you um, with this idea? Samina, maybe I'll start with you first. For me, it was kind of different because um, at the time I was already working. So I just presumed that like, you know, if I can get a job, so can anyone else. So initially, actually, it was my dad and my sister who started it. And uh, they made the boxes and kind of went to these uh, different locations. And I was sitting at home and I was like, why are you helping people? Like, I mean, if we can help ourselves, shouldn't they be able to help themselves as well? But um, I like the story. You changed the <laughs> mindset. Yes. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was um, I had to see it to believe it. 
so my sister actually had exams so she she like we were short on volunteers so she told me okay i think it's time for you to just like kind of help out for this walk and um i was lucky enough for it to be our sunday walk so our sunday afternoon walk is kind of the biggest walks that we have and um i kind of went for the walk and i saw the conditions of people and um seeing the things that people are kind of going through that i would never expect kind of opened my eyes to realize that like you know maybe i should be helping out more often so that's how i kind of got uh, pulled in into the whole charity situation with my dad as well i mean like charity is a very noble cause but then i feel like when you're doing it with family and when you when you do it with people that are so involved in doing something so good it just makes everything a little better than usual mm-hmm. so yeah i'm i'm pretty privileged enough to have a dad like my dad <laughs> and kind of um, do things for people that not a lot of people would consider and kind of just see um how i can help much more than i usually would yeah because this charity is not just devoting your your money and your resources it's also your time the time is most important valuable yeah Yeah, bianca yeah for me i think uh, dad's passion actually made me curious to see like what's actually going on because i haven't been in hong kong for too long so i really only thought hong kong was like oh the harbor and like everything like wow like i didn't expect that there would be a lot of homeless here So that's passion actually made me really inquisitive to see like how are these people living are they really people like that are homeless and you know are struggling here in like such a pretty place and rich place so I went with dad the first time I helped him cook the fried rice like 20 meals and when we went there we saw that the people were like oh I'm so hungry I'm so hungry like even though I don't uh, speak Cantonese I could actually see that they really wanted a meal and they were like desperately like quite hungry so that's actually that that's passion actually makes keeps me going until now so yeah yeah that's amazing and you you know you cooked all the meals yeah. so now you cook a you cook a lot of meals or how does it work who who cooks the meals these? uh we have a lot of volunteers uh like you know some of our aunties uncles and people who have you know found us on instagram so they want to help in a lot of ways but many of them cannot come for the walks because they're elderly and they have helpers and so they tell me okay what do you need what can i help you with so i said okay can you cook meals because i prefer making all homemade meals and we serve only vegetarian meals so it's you know full of uh, proteins and things like that for the homeless so we usually make vegetarian meals and we have a lot of aunties and uncles who you know arrange the meals for us they cook at home they send it to us and then we start packing them we put banana we put juices we put uh, like a whole package like a whole pack yeah. lunch yeah. so then each of us we get volunteers and we go and give them in their hand and i speak cantonese so it's easier for us to converse with them and find out what is their problem what do they need so i have a lot of their numbers they have my numbers sometimes they call me and tell me oh saying it mohsik yeah you know so can you please arrange a meal so then i say okay you're free okay let's make a meal then i can tell him to come to the mtr or i can go there where is nearby and give him a meal yeah so we don't stop even during typhoon number 8 during the rains i always tell them someone has to go and help them because it's not that if typhoon number 8 hong kong is still functioning mtrs are open only buses have stopped so it's not too difficult let's continue going and of course i have to thank my volunteers because rain or shine they always with me you know so we continue and we are never going to stop i guess so tell us about your volunteers who are some of these people then just 
regular people, all walks of life. All, all. We have uh, Indians, we have uh, people from Europe, we have university students, we have different, different uh, kind of people. And it's, of course, word to mouth. Second, again, Instagram, Facebook. So we find a lot of people like that. Yeah. The role of social media has been so powerful. Amazing. Amazing. And so when they get in touch with you, they ask you when are the walks and then they just join. Yes, we have a schedule already fixed. So once they message us, she's in charge of uh, social media, Bianca. Hmm. So whenever anybody messages, and we three all connected actually on Instagram. So whoever is gets the message well, replies first. He's an Instagram yeah. dad yeah, then. Yeah. Right now, yeah, yeah. they've yes, taught me. We came, yeah, yeah, a few we've, ago. we've uh, taught him the the tricks. The tricks. Yeah. 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 So I'm kind of getting better on Instagram. So when I'm busy, then they reply to the volunteers, and that's how more and more people join. Yeah. Samina, you you brought up a really uh, interesting point earlier, and and that is, you know, the perception is if we can work, why can't those people work? But of course, we know that in Hong Kong, the situation is that if you have no address, then you can't open a bank account, and then the people can't work. So for some of the beneficiaries, when you speak to them, have you found out why they've end up homeless or what is the situation? Do you then offer friendship or, you know, a, a meal is, 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 you know, part of it, but how do you foster that relationship and that trust? Yes. You can start. Okay. Yeah, sure, no. Usually I do speak to them and not in the first meeting because we go regularly and they know that we, we are honest and we want to help them. So I always ask them, why are you on the street? So some of them said, like I've lost my job during COVID and I don't have money and trying to get a job during COVID was very bad. So, you know, there was a two years gap. Yeah. Like we know one or two who are foreigners who are from Fiji. He's sleeping under the bridge. He was married to a Canadian lady and uh, he had a very good job and suddenly everything just went bust because his wife left him and then he lost his job. So he ended up under the bridge. Yeah. So till today we go and feed him and you can see that he's a genuine person but he says I've lost everything. I don't it's I have no hope anymore because two and a half years I tried to get a job and he just couldn't get a job. And now he's doing odd jobs but that's not, you know, helping much. And that's what's heartbreaking, to lose hope. You know, having hope exactly. and having yeah. friends yeah. are so important. And yeah. when you're out on the street, it's difficult to have that genuine connection yeah. with, with, with people. But, yeah, and the a, problem and the problem in Hong Kong they have this problem that when they look at a homeless person, you know, they just say that, oh, he's here, he should be out from here. That's why wherever you go, they're not around. They get evicted all the time and they have no places to go. And Hong Kong is known for its high rental exactly. as well. It's super expensive. Yeah, yeah going back, yeah. Uh, that's why we don't just provide meals to them. We also try to talk to them because, of course, like, as we, even though we're working and we have, we're more privileged than they are, we still need somebody to talk to and to share our emotions, our feelings. And I think that's what, my, like, my dad knows Cantonese. It's really an advantage. And many of the volunteers are Chinese as well. So they actually do speak to them. And we don't even only provide we- meals. We provide them with, like, clothes during winter and, like, we celebrate festivals with them so that they can like feel that you know somebody cares about them and they feel like a human you know like now people just like look at them and they say oh they're dirty they're the ones who carry covid but then i don't think they are like that they should be seen and people should actually know them and make them feel like they're part of us which they really are exactly yeah yeah Yeah, we just we just want to kind of um ensure that more people feel like we're a community so that includes literally everyone that we can find so it's more important for us to create that the trust bond between people so they know that like you know we'll be there whether it's raining again or 
uh, whatever the situation we will always be around and be there for them to talk because talking is really important yeah, yeah my dad has actually built so much like connection with them some of them even have his number so when we don't come on the walk like he they know our timings and the dates all, as well because we're so regular and then like sometimes if we're like 10 minutes late if the meals come late they actually call my dad and they'll be like oh are you coming today or like yeah. are, are you, you okay late? like is yeah. everything okay or they ask what's on the menu today yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's come to that connection where they're really close and the way they, their face like lights up when they see us coming with the trolleys and the food meal bags it's like really a good feeling for all of us <laughs> yeah absolutely so in terms of challenges had you had previous experience w with running a charity running this sort of platform and what did you sort of learn along the way um, so prior prior experience, I don't think we really um, did it on such a large scale. Like uh, in India, we used to always like, you know, if we'd see someone who's underprivileged, maybe we'll buy them a meal and just give them something. But then um, now it's 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 on such like a large a scale. scale yes. uh, we've kind of had a little bumps to go over, but I think we've managed everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's quite smooth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What did you sort of learn along the way, in terms of <laughs> students? <coming>. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the the first one I think would be like trust is important. So you get to know the person through through each walk, and um, that's kind of how you build connections and kind of realize that um, everyone needs someone to talk to, and then um, I think. I learned to be grateful. I think before I didn't really, uh, I really took advantage of the things I have. Like every time a new phone would come out, I'd be like, oh, I want a new phone. Or I would look at things like differently. But now when I see these homeless people, like they literally are like surviving. They're struggling to pass the days by. They don't even know, like they don't have anything to look forward. So this actually makes me like more grateful for what I have. And I feel like privileged that whatever I have, like I'm happy now. <laughs> yeah. What other upcoming activities do you have planned that you mentioned sometimes you celebrate festivals? Uh, do you also do plan activities apart from walks and also meals uh, with some of these people that you serve? Activities, um, no, we usually just stick to the walks for now before we actually like, uh, yeah, but then mid autumn festival is coming, so oh. we're actually arranging mooncakes oh. to give them, yeah, yeah. and uh, we also do visit in old age homes, three old age homes, so we do celebrate with them as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And did you find these old age homes yourselves, or were they sort of recommended? Oh, we by found so them ourselves. Oh, yeah. wow, okay. <laughs> so we usually go and find, uh, you know, the old age homes that are not very well kept and not many people coming to visit so i walked around the whole area like in toka one yes. there are a lot of old age homes there so there's some that are really grand and very you know exclusive with lcd tvs and everything and so then there's some which are less well very very badly AC. kept yeah, and no you can AC see yeah there's no ac their fans and things like that no ac yeah yeah so those are the people i like to help because you can see that nobody comes and visits them so you know again speaking cantonese when you go there you call them atsuk and you know they feel happy then i go hug them and you can see genuinely that you know they have nobody some of the stories you hear from them it's like their families just left them in in hong kong gone to uk 5 years they still have not come to visit them they're just paying the the charges you know but that's not enough 
they need more than just paying the charges, you know? Exactly, yeah. And I think there was um, a, a real um, uh, epidemic of loneliness yes, uh, here yes, in Hong Kong, especially yes. amongst the elderly, yes. because of some of the reasons that you mentioned. Perhaps it's, uh, you know, migration of, of children yeah, yeah. Or, or other things. So remind our listeners once again, how can we find out more about your amazing work and if they'd like to join in with some of the walks and also uh, get in touch, maybe they have some resources that they'd, they'd like to cook some meals. How can they find you on social media? Oh, we're everywhere. You just type Honeymoon Charity. We're probably in the first one. We're on Facebook. Uh, we have a website as well. And a WhatsApp number is like everywhere on Facebook. We have an Instagram um account as well so Excellent. I think it's easy to access to all channels yeah. of communication yeah, yeah. WhatsApp, WhatsAp as well yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. WhatsApp and is the most efficient. direct like uh, if you text us in like one minute later you get a reply so yeah. we actually got good feedback from our volunteers they're like oh you're really quick <laughs> so finally um, you know of course this is a family charity but so what's it like working with your dad then you know do you see him more as a colleague or as a dad how, how, do the, how does a negotiation <laughs> process uh, happen more like then? a dad it's quite fun like yeah. Dad's always been fun. He's the one always like taking us to like Ocean Park and stuff like that. So I think uh, doing charity with him is like something fun. Yeah, when yeah. when he's pressured, we are pressured. Yeah. But then when he's fun, we have fun as well. So. Yeah. It's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> this is a wonderful charity, and I can just see how beautiful, you know, and, and how great this, you know, made your family unit even stronger. Thank you. Thank you. And, and to really appreciate all the great stuff that we have in our lives. Um, so if our listeners would like to find out more about Hanuman Charity, then it's all uh, available on, on, on our social media pages. You can go to Facebook, WhatsApp, and also Instagram, and of course their website. Meanwhile, thank you so much for your time uh, this morning uh, to Naveen and also Samina and Bianca. So Thank you so much. Please for your join time. the charity walks. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Just call us and please join us. It's very important to let your children come and see what is going on in Hong Kong. And every age, any age is available. I mean, you can come for it. No problem, you know. Excellent. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. Thank, thank you for having you. us. Thank Thanks, you. Bianca. Thanks, thank you. Thank you.